Hello, Chirocasters. Concussions are such an important topic today. And if I want to change my website to reflect something more about concussions or more about autism or more about whatever, I can just easily go in and type something up and post it right away. And I really appreciate that because if there's something I want to talk about, uh, promote, etc., it's right there and easily uh, customizable, which uh, to me is one of my favorite things uh, about Now You Know. And now here's the podcast. So <clears throat> today's topic is going to be concussions. And um, I've been doing a lot of research on concussions, seeing a lot of kids with concussions uh, lately. Um, so I feel like uh, it's a very important topic. It's an interesting uh, corollary that uh, concussions and autism, um, if you read this article uh, here, Pediatric Traumatic Brain Injury and Autism uh, from Behavioral Neurology Journal, um, <clears throat> it talks about how um, autism and concussions have risen in about the same rate over the last 10, 15, 20 years or so. So the meteoric rise we've seen in autism, we're also seeing in concussions. <clears throat> And you know, it, it just begs me to keep on asking the question, what are we doing wrong with our brains of our kids uh, today? Um, and uh, this is an interesting article because it kind of compares uh, autism and concussions. And there's a really great uh, table in this article here that uh, shows the like 20 plus different shared um, mechanisms or behavioral symptoms you'll see in kids with autism and kids with traumatic brain injuries. Um, so what this is showing is um, when you have a kid who's like a high functioning, a child with a high functioning autism, and you have a kid with a concussion, they don't look a whole lot different. Uh, and I've seen this in practice, you know, on, on the same days, having a patient, one you know, a child come in with high functioning autism and another child come in with concussion, and if I didn't have a diagnosis, I wouldn't know because they share things like ADHD symptoms, they share things like anxiety, uh, they share things like balance and coordination things, communication deficits, depression. Um, so many of these things are shared. Uh, it's, it's quite fascinating uh, what, what's really happening you know, out there. So what, what we're, the, the evidence of this is that there's just a lot of weakened brains, um, which is something we really need to keep on looking at. And then uh, an interesting article here that I found out of Harvard, which is, uh, which kids are most likely to have prolonged concussion sy symptoms. Um, and it comes from this article from the Journal of American Medical Association. They, they've actually developed a clinical risk score to determine uh, kids with persistent post-concussion symptoms. Um, so what they're doing is like they, they're, they're trying to predict kids who are coming into the emergency room several days or a week or so after concussion and will they have, what's the likelihood that these kids are gonna have uh, post-concussion syndrome. Because there's a number of things that are very predictive um, of having a, a prolonged post-concussion syndrome issue. Uh, females have more concussion problems than males. Um, not only, like, what's the number one sport right now that's associated with concussions? Wh which soccer? American. Female soccer, right? So, so women's soccer has more concussions per person than any other sport, including regular football, um, which is very interesting. And it's not just the heading of the ball. It's actually the aggressiveness of the play of, uh, of the you know, performers. 
So it's very interesting. So, so females actually have a higher predilection of having post-concussion syndrome. The younger the child, which even though you, don't, you wouldn't think that, but the younger the child, you actually have a higher likelihood of post-concussion syndrome. Why would that be? Because their brains are growing, right? So if you get injured in a formative year, right, that actually can create a more challenge in actually getting past concussions than someone who has a stable brain who's kind of going through a certain kinds of, of growth. Um, so those are just two big examples of uh, things that they have come up with in, in these, this article and many others is uh, who's more at risk, right? And those are two, they're probably the two biggest risk factors is, is the age of the person and, the, uh, and whether the person is a female or not. Um, this is a super interesting study. So this is stuff that they're just starting to do over in Stanford and Johns Hopkins and some of the bigger you know, name schools and stuff. Um, has it, does anybody know what, what the, these two blobs are on this picture? And I'll tell you what it is if you don't. All right, so, so this is stuff you gotta start researching. All right, these are actually mini brains. They're actually mini brains. What they're now doing uh, in many of these, uh, Mass General and Stanford and stuff, what they're now doing is they're taking you know, brain tissue, human brain tissue, and they're dropping it in some sort of Petri dish. Uh, and then they're putting all the right reagents and whatever in it to allow it to grow. And then they're putting the two pieces together, the two like brain pieces together. And if you actually look at this, now unfortunately this, this is kind of skewed so you can't see it as well. Uh, but if this was a white background, uh, then you would see that the two brain, like mini brains are actually growing pieces together. Uh, it is, if you came up here, you could see it. The, the, there's all these green pieces right here in the middle that these pieces are actually talking to each other. And why is that important? Because what they've done is they've done further research and they found like if you introduce neuroinflammatory peptides or chemicals or environmental issues into these cells, they will have bigger problems in growing these connections between the two showing that some kind of like inflammation messes with the way the brain grows, right? And what, what's that, what inflammation, what's you know, causing the inflammation? It could be a concussion, right? Could cause this inflammation. It could be environmental factors, other environmental factors, like bad food, bad water, you know, bad oxygen, uh, cell phone, microwave, radiation, you know, EMRs, all those kind of things. All this kind of stuff. Neuroinflammation will actually create problems in the growth of these particular mini brains. Um, so if you want to Google stuff, like you write down brain in a dish or uh, neuroautism in a dish or that kind of stuff, uh, you'll, you'll actually find uh, a lot of very interesting articles. Um, comes out of like another interesting study uh, in the Journal of Nature uh, from a number of years ago uh, talking about Alzheimer's disease. Now why I'm mentioning Alzheimer's disease and concussion because um, once again, like autism and Concussions look the same, but if you really take a look at the clinical features of Alzheimer's and autism, they're relatively similar, just at different ends of the age spectrum, right? So an autistic child is a child who develops autism right when they're younger, and they have speech difficulties and motor planning difficulties and executive function difficulties and stuff like that. Isn't that the same clinical features as someone with Alzheimer's, except the person is in their 60s or 70s or 80s, right? So they're saying that now there's a lot of similarities between autism and 
Alzheimer's, you know, too. And so they're growing brains to kind of figure this stuff out. Um, here's a, a really cool example of what they're seeing, that the triggers and the aggravators and the effects of what might be causing uh, these neuroinflammatory issues. So if you look at the triggers, um, it's talking about aging, trauma, like I just mentioned, concussion can uh, you know, create this kind of stuff, genetic mutations, uh, inflammations, obesity, uh, w which I, I think is huge because if someone is, is obese, obviously they're not getting the proper nutrition into their body, so that's an important thing uh, to understand. And then effects is like you know, some sort of damaged, uh, functional or structural damaged neurons. Why am I mentioning functional? It was a test question you just had. Functional disconnection syndrome, right? Functional disconnection syndrome. Do you, do you see how this is all relating, right? Like, I don't know about you, like I look at this stuff and I get super excited seeing how everything is interrelated. It's all the same thing, right? Everything that we're talking about, whether it's autism or concussions or Alzheimer's or whatever it is, it's all the same thing. It's all, there's something going on with the brain and who better to take care of this, you know, by chiropractors, because this is just what we, you know, what we work on. Um, and if you look at the further studies like this, that are looking into this, they're even talking about the thought process that autism may come from infection. Uh, certain, not all cases, but certain cases of autism may come from infection, and certain cases of Alzheimer's may come from infection. Isn't that interesting, right? You see, it, once again, all related is all happening at the same time. But what we need to do, and what you guys really need to do, is just be on top of this kind of research and follow the threads, right? So when you see something, the way I like, find out different things, I, say, I start following threads. And I look, at the, I look at one article, and I look at their references, and I say, okay, let's go to the next article, and the next one, and the next one, you start following the threads. So all this stuff becomes interconnected, right? And that's what I think is super important to, to, to frame our conversation about concussion, is that Yes, there is a concussion problem in this country, worse than ever before, but there's also an Alzheimer's problem in this country, worse than ever before, and there's also an autism problem in this country, worse than ever before, and ADHD and learning disorders and Parkinson's and all, I mean, there's just all this stuff happening worse than ever before, and it all boils down to the brain, right? Uh, so the, 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 the moral of the story is, like, when you guys graduate, uh, you guys got a lot of brains you got to start working on, and a lot of spines, right? Uh, you know, someone told me the other day, is like, you know, he was talking, you know, a patient was saying, you know, how do you, how do you get so many new patients and keep so many patients? Like, everybody's got a spine. Like, this is, there's no marketing problem, right? Like, everybody, there's nobody who doesn't have one, right? So, it, it, like, there's, there's no problem in getting new patients because they all need us. Right? We just have to, to teach them that they need us. We have to approach them and make sure they understand that they need us. But everybody's got this thing, you know?